spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy Thursday, everybody. It's the Gatos and Chad Show. Steve Zinsmeister, Susan Monday. Sumo, I've been instructed to call her. Uh, not the wrestler, just sumo. Yeah, now it's sticking because I just walked out of the studio and my co-workers, you know. Everybody's calling you? Yeah. See cat, what you did? Cat out of bed. <laughs> I can't put that toothpaste back yeah. in the tube. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by Parker and Sons Plumbing and Electrical, the two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. So, Ducey's shipping container wall at the southern border is coming down, or at least parts of it. So, a couple of months back, Governor Ducey put up... Uh, a wall of his own that's two shipping containers high. You've seen these shipping containers. I, they're roughly, I don't know, like 20-something feet long or whatever it is. I just had an idea. Can I say it? Uh, go ahead, yeah. You know, we've got a homeless uh, situation here in Phoenix. And sometimes you can, you know, I, I've heard of stories where people make houses out of shipping containers. There's a complex in downtown Phoenix. There might be multiple, but I can think of one that I've passed that is a an apartment complex made out of shipping containers. Yeah, there you go. So it's a real that, thing. That $95 million won't go to waste, I'm hoping. Approximately what has been spent on the shipping containers to build a border wall of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, part At the beginning, it was filling gaps in the actual border wall, which has been a thing that President Obama started uh, putting up, a thing that President Trump certainly campaigned on. And now President Biden hasn't really done much to fill those gaps in his time in office, at least not for the last year since we first heard they were going to fill some of those gaps. Governor Ducey got tired of waiting around. He did his own thing. He spent what is essentially our money, taxpayer dollars, uh, to build this shipping container wall. And now parts of it will come down because Biden says he's going to build some more wall in those gapped areas. Yeah, and some people might think that um, Ducey kind of copped out but uh, um, or caved in might be the better term. I, I don't think that he did. Uh, I don't know why he did what he did to solve the problem or to make a political statement. But if it forces the Biden administration to finally do something about the situation at the border, then that's a good thing. I don't think that this shipping container wall was ever meant to be a fix to anything revolving around immigration. It I, certainly yeah. never was going to bring down the number of people crossing. They were going to come no matter what was waiting for them at the border. They were just going to find a different place to go in. What we've heard from border officials, uh, like, for instance, here on the show the other day, we talked to the mayor of Yuma, Doug Nichols, who told us it, that was never the intent. The intent was to fill, let's say you have 10 gaps in your city in the wall. Now, if you fill seven of those with shipping containers, now there's only three places, which narrows down the places that the Border Patrol needs to go and round up people, making it easier for them. Well, apparently people know where the gaps are because hundreds of migrants crossed the border near Yuma yesterday. They crossed through a gap in the wall, a Imagine part that, that can't be extended because it sits on tribal land. So I, I think what you're saying is true about the wall. It, you know, people get wise to where they can work their way through it. Yeah. And it, if listen, the wall ends somewhere. No matter where you're at along the border, the wall yeah. ends eventually. I mean, you may be close to one of the ends or far away from, um, but the tribal lands, certainly an area that they have not been happy about this border wall or the shipping container or the one put up by some of our presidents. They're not happy with it because tribal lands, tribal nations, I should say, their borders are not our borders. They don't uh, consider the line of demarcation between the United States and Mexico to mean pretty much anything to them. It, does, it doesn't matter to them. So if Ducey can't put shipping containers on their lands, 
in this agreement that we're talking about today, Ducey taking down some of the containers, is because it's on federal land. Biden says he can't do that. He's sued the governor over this. Uh, Ducey's been attacked on kind of all sides, environmentally as well, by the National Forest Service. So he's kind of taken it from a lot of different angles. Well, as I said, uh, I commend him for what he did do. And I, I really hope, I mean, all of America is seeing this. And hopefully they're going to put pressure on the Biden administration to fix this situation, because that would be a wonderful legacy to leave the White House having fixed this immigration problem. I don't know that it ever truly gets fixed. There's not a lot of incentive nationally to get the issue of immigration completely solved. Can things be done to make progress? Certainly. And Mm -hmm. I think that that needs to happen, Mm -hmm. too. So you bring up an interesting point. My question is, was Ducey's wall actually helpful and did it accomplish the goal that it set out to? And again, the goal, I don't think, was ever to ease migration numbers or, or maybe even to funnel people to a certain place. What if Ducey just did this all along to get Biden off his butt and do something about it? And if that's the case, then this agreement that they just came up with with the administration, it worked. Mm-hmm. It took a year, and I wish it had gone faster, but it looks like it worked. And it's so very last minute, though. Like I think when you're forced to make a decision, um, then it's not really meaningful. You know, like, why did the Biden administration have to wait until Title 42 was coming to an end? Why did they have to, uh, why did Ducey have to put the the barriers there for them to, to 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 act you know why they know that the problem has existed forever time immemorial um i I would you know we talked a little bit earlier about uh zelensky the ukrainian president like i would love to have a president would just come in and say you know what my sole focus is going to be to get this immigration situation fixed fixed once and for all the end boy wouldn't i love that i know and what's funny is the more and more we talk about whether it's title 42 or the border wall the more and more we dive into it i realize both sides kind of want similar things title 42 is about to go away and both sides now whether it's president biden or people on the right are like yeah we want that to stick around maybe well, for different they don't reasons know, but they don't know what else to do i mean you know they the i guess they were critical of of president trump when he put it into place but now it's like the only thing they got yeah and, and i think that they they think these things for different reasons but ultimately the result is the same We want it to stay in place or something like it uh, down the road. I think the same could be said of the border wall. I mean, Obama built wall. Trump built wall. Biden now says he's going to start building wall. That seems to be something we can agree on a little bit more. I don't think we're as divided about the border concept as people think we are. At least it doesn't appear that way to me. Look at you. Maybe they ought to call you in and negotiate. I've always advocated for uh, I'm not the most ardent uh, cinema defender. But she's putting in the work in, with the immigration-related topics. She's worked on paying Border Patrol agents more, possibly mm-hmm. creating a reserve, um, also trying to deal with uh, migration regional centers to speed up the process of asylum seekers. I think that here in Arizona, Senator Cinema has stood up for us in terms of the immigration topic. You can say what you want about her. If you're on the left and you dislike her, totally get it. If you were mad when she left the Democratic Party two weeks ago, Totally get it. Um, But I think she is standing up for us in this regard. And so I think that there are people out there who want to accomplish something. We just need to give them the right platform in order to do that. All right, coming up next, it's what we call uh, Five Spot. 
We need five of you to call, and we're going to put you on the spot about a news story that everyone's talking about. And certainly, everyone is talking about the hottest sport, not just in town, but maybe across the country, pickleball. I, we don't play it. You and I both don't oh, play no, pickleball. I, I know. It's the rage, but I have no idea what it's all about. So if you play pickleball... Give us a call right now, 602-277-5827. We want to know what's the craze about. Why does everybody play pickleball all of a sudden? What's the deal? 277-5827. 277-KTAR5 spot is next. Five spot, five of you need to call right now if you play pickleball. We're going to put you on the spot about that story. It's the hottest craze, not just in Arizona, but across the country. It's the fastest growing sport. Major League Pickleball is bringing a new 12-team expansion on Monday. It includes new owners like Larry Fitzgerald and Devin Booker. Some of the biggest stars in Arizona sports are getting involved in this sport. But Steve Zinsmeister, Susan Monday here. Neither of us play pickleball. Yeah. So I just can't really fathom what the craze is all about. I can't either, but we're going to find out. We're going to talk to people who play pickleball. Call us right now, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR if you play pickleball. And and they, they're building condos, apartments, and they're putting in pickleball courts everywhere. Oh, and they're hugely popular. So let's talk to some people who play. How about uh, Kate in Scottsdale? Let's start with you, Kate. What's the craze all about? It's just too much fun. It's easy to play. It's life-size ping pong. Oh, okay. I'm glad you said that because I've been jokingly saying big ping pong, little tennis. Am I on the right track? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. But it's 10 times easier to play than tennis. The rules are super basic and anyone can play. We play with my 14-year-old daughter and we play with people that are retired. So, Kate, did you play um, tennis before this? I mean, were you an athletic kind of person? Yes, and I, tennis is tough. This is a smaller court. Uh, It's a wiffle ball. Ultimately, you're playing with what literally looks like a wiffle ball. So it's easy to hit. It's not moving super fast. And the rules are pretty basic. All right, thanks for the call, Kate. We really appreciate the insight. Uh, How about we go to Rick in Ahwatukee? Let's see if he has something else to say. Rick, uh, what's the deal with pickleball? Why should maybe somebody like me pick up on this sport? Well, (laughs) you know what? I'm 75, and I started playing 10 years ago, and I love it. I'm in an age-restricted community, and we we had originally a couple of courts out on the parking lot, and uh, we've got four lit courts now. And you know what? It's competitive. I would I would contradict a few of the things that the previous caller said. Uh, the ball it is not slow; it can be very fast. <laughs> In fact, uh, uh, I watch some of them on, some of it on TV, and I'm amazed at how fast it goes. But it's easy to learn; it's easy to pick up, and uh, you know you can play to the level of the people you want to play with. Well, Steve, if you're not athletic, though, can you still play this game? Yeah. What do you think, Rick? Do you have to be athletic? Oh, Rick, sorry. Oh, boy. You know, you got to define athletic. I mean, uh, you know, I consider myself a real jock, right? Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I don't think all my friends would agree with that. But, no, we've got people that are not so athletic. A little eye-hand coordination is great to have, but... uh, but again, you can play to the level. We've got beginners to advance in in, in our club, and uh, so it's a good mix. 
I appreciate the call, Rick. Thanks so much. Uh, let's check in with Lisa in Phoenix. Lisa, what's the best part about playing pickleball? people are awesome we have so much fun there is just every age from high schoolers um all the way up to older people and um i actually bought my my four and six-year-old granddaughter's paddles for christmas because we play around um in their yard with my paddles and they're too big for them so now they have them for little kids so it's just it's a family sport it's really fun and um just a lot of great people that play. so is lisa is that the only equipment you need a paddle you need a paddle. You need to have good shoes is one thing. Um, court shoes like tennis shoes. Um, but otherwise, yeah, a paddle and a ball and a visor. And they require, you know, you should really wear glasses because you don't want to get hit in the eye with them. But uh, with the ball, because it is hard and it does hurt. I've got bruises from last night. So, um, but yeah, it's so much fun. It's All right, so Lisa. Thanks so much for the call. Really appreciate it. So what I'm hearing here consistent through all of our calls age range Mm -hmm. you get young people who love it probably because of the action of it uh the quickness to the game you get older people who maybe are just looking for some exercise but it's a pretty easy game easy to learn Learn, not a ton of equipment like you pointed out and then also to access you can pretty much make a pickleball court Pretty much anywhere with a hard surface. Somebody, somebody uh, where I used to live, somebody made one in the um, the cul-de-sac with chalk. Yeah. There you go. Chalk and nets, yeah. It's uh, it's like when you were a kid. I mean, it's easy to play soccer, right? You just kind of need a ball and maybe two things that can create a goal. Two trash cans, as simple as that. Pickleball might be all the craze right now. So with these big shots um, buying into this, a pro pickleball team, do you think it's something that could be eventually in the Olympics? Maybe. I, I could see that. There's some crazy things in the Olympics, some things yeah. that you wouldn't have suspected. So, yeah, could I see it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are there any weird sports you've ever played, like unusual ones? Mm. Even just recreationally? Can't think of it. How I, about you? I went to the, uh, this is going to be a surprise to some people. I went to the <laughs> national championships for cup stacking. How'd you do? <laughs> That's uh, a sport? Yeah. Cup it's not, stacking. Is it in the Olympics? No, no it? it's no. not in the Olympics. No. I went to the national championships for cup stacking. I was in the third grade. I was competing on a <laughs> fifth grade team. I got Wow, you I got, moved up. I got third. Good for you. Nationally. Now nationally. You go, you go internationally, the Germans are really good at cup stacking. I can't explain. They're good at all the weird stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, yeah, that's my weird sports story. I okay. did cup stacking growing up. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, why I asked that guy, I think it was uh, Rick, you have to be athletic. There are so many people that are playing this that they all can't be superstars. They all can't be no. super athletic people. He was 75. He's still playing pickleball. Good for him, man. Good for him. Coming up next, how much should we be helping Ukraine with their war? There are a lot of differing opinions on this. We're going to give you some of ours next on the Gatos and Chad Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. Hey, do you know a remarkable Valley teacher who deserves a $2,500 Christmas bonus? Then you should probably text the word teacher to 411923. Nominate them for pay tribute to a teacher. It's something great that we do here on the show. Again, teacher to 411923. Pay tribute to a teacher is presented by your Valley Toyota dealers. Steve Zinsmeister and Sumo in for Gators and Chad today uh, as they are on vacation. 
Somebody that was here in the United States, uh, I don't know if it was his first time in the States, but Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, who's going through an absolute war with Russia right now in Ukraine. The first time that he's left Ukraine in the last year, almost a year that it's been the conflict going on, he came to the United States to speak with President Biden and then to speak to Congress. Mm-hmm. Now, he's basically asking for help, uh, asking for money, mm-hmm. certainly something that's on the on the docket, asking for weaponry, Patriot missiles or something that you've probably heard or seen some headlines about. The question is... Uh, how do people, how do Americans feel about how much we should be helping Ukraine? Because there's very different opinions on that. Well, I wish it would be a more unified effort. I don't say we don't help them because we already have helped them. Right. But I don't want to be the sole country that is helping them. Because let's let's hear that, that audio. Okay, yes. Yeah. We have a clip from Zelensky from yesterday. Uh, I believe this was when he was speaking to Congress. Congress, yeah. Your money is not charity. It's an investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way. So global security, are we we the ones in charge of global security? That's the thing that gets me. I get it. He's saying it's not charity. I don't feel that it is charity. But... um, You know, why aren't other countries involved in global security, countries that are much closer to Ukraine than we are? I agree. I I think that we shouldn't be solely responsible for this issue. Uh, I certainly understand why we're involved. Uh, I compared it earlier to being the big brother in a family and little brother gets picked on in school and they come to you for help. It's your duty. It's your responsibility. It's your job as the older brother to step in and either take some of the blows or, or, or finish the fight, I suppose. It's been a full year since we uh, kind of started in this endeavor, and only now are we giving these Patriot missiles over to Ukraine. I, I reckon that that's probably because we don't want to anger Russia too much, uh, but any support that you give to Ukraine is likely going to do that. But when does the big brother, to, to use your analogies, say, enough is enough, I've given you enough? And you let the little brother get beat on? <laughs> well, I mean, that's essentially what, little, hap- what would happen, well, right? the little brother has to fend for himself. Okay. Or get help from other people. So where do you draw that line in the sand? I don't know. Financially, let's say. I don't know, but we've talked about, you know, immigration, the border, the wall. Um, I can see a lot of money that needs to go to that situation. Diverting some of the funds we've donated, essentially donated to Ukraine for domestic issues. Yeah. So I got a tweet yesterday from a listener because we were talking about, you know, obviously Zelensky being here in the United States. And this is very reasonable, by the way. I'm not calling out this person on Twitter. Mm -hmm. They disagreed respectfully, Mm -hmm. saying we need to fix our home. I'm tired of seeing all of these homeless people everywhere in this country. I woke up in this country today. I would love that this government would fix our home. I don't care about Ukraine. I want our home fixed. That's a reasonable thing to say. Uh, it may sound callous at times because that kind of gives the impression of America only, not just America first, which mm-hmm. you hear all the time mm-hmm. from you know right wing Republicans. But that gives the uh, the connotation of America only that we neglect the rest of the world and focus on ourselves. We got a lot of problems here. There's no doubt about it. Is there a way we can accomplish both? I think that there should be. Mm. 
I'm not an isolationist, okay, and I, I I think that we should help them. But but when does it stop? Is what I'm I'm wondering. I, I think people really cared about Ukraine when it first happened, and I think that caring has kind of waned in recent months. I mean, it's not as big in the news as it had been when it first started. And it you may know, not it's be kind of like background. It, I I agree with you that that's the way it feels. It doesn't mean that the conflict has gotten any lighter. Well, I know. In fact, I think it's going to worsen. Um, Zelensky told Congress uh, last night that victory is in your power, meaning us. Victory is in our... Are we fighting this war? We are, aren't we? Uh, well, we're, not, we're heavily we invested have, at this point. We don't point. have boots on the ground, but when somebody says, he says to Congress, victory is in your power... That's a good point. We've done damn near everything but send people over to fight. That's right. And I don't know what else there really is that we could contribute aside from just continuing to send more dollars, send more ammunition, send more weapons. Would I like to see Putin defeated? You bet I would. You bet I would. And and I'm sure there are a lot of other people that feel the same way. But that's going to involve a, a big commitment. And I don't know if we can continue to do that. Are they on the same um, seasons as we are? Are they going into winter as well? I mean, because winters in Russia are not cool. Uh, I I don't know the answer to that. I would tend to agree with you on that. Uh, We haven't really seen a full winter season during this particular conflict. Now, the Russia-Ukraine conflict has been going on a lot longer than just the past year. They invaded officially about a year ago. Um, It would be interesting to see how the seasons do affect this. Coming up next, should you be... News 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. So, have you ever gotten a used gift? I'm not talking about a brand new gift that somebody re-gifted to you, right? Christmas is right around the corner. You get something you don't like, you give it to somebody else. Brand new gift. I'm not talking that. I'm talking about you got something and it looked like it had been worn or used. Have you ever gotten a used gift? It's got a stain on it and a <laughs> hole in the armpit. And, uh, yeah, I've definitely gotten some you stuff. You have? Like yeah, probably when I was younger. Definitely hand-me-downs from like family. And they wrapped them up as a gift? Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, I've definitely done that, like for birthdays, especially. That voice you're hearing is Steve Zinsmeister. My name is Sumo. We're talking about getting a used gift at a thrift store. Would you ever mm. consider doing your Christmas shopping at a thrift store? Uh, first, it needs to be said, I'm certainly not above thrift stores. So oh, I've okay. bought things at thrift stores plenty okay. of times. Have I ever bought a gift there? No. I, I wonder if subconsciously it's part of like a stigma of like i don't want to buy something for somebody from a thrift store because of how they might feel about it right you have to know if the other person would be receptive to it so let me tell you about my friends i have a a small circle of friends who are thrift shoppers consignment and you know a consignment store is different from a thrift store right do you know that Uh, how is it different well a consignment store would be say i want to sell this jacket that i have on um it's a great jacket by the way thank you and i want to make money on it so i take it to a consignment store and um it's usually things that are 
I, I would say maybe higher quality, but not always, not always. And so you make some money, you, meaning me, Sumo. A thrift store is like a Goodwill store where you donate stuff and you don't you don't get money for it. The, yeah, the, the, the charity does. Donation. Yeah, yeah. And so my couple friends of mine are really into going to thrift, wherever, wherever we go, we go to thrift stores, we go to consignment stores, because we realize as we got older, we have everything that we need and why not buy somebody's used stuff that we're only going to wear for a season and then, then donate it to Goodwill. That's kind of our attitude about it. And so they take great pride in finding things at thrift stores or consignment stores and they wrap them up and give them as gifts. And I've done the same things. I was in Colorado Springs um, in September and I went, we always go to this one thrift store and I found this purse, which I knew was a high quality purse and I got it for $4. And I wow. said, I said, it was leather. It was really nice. And I said, I'm going to send this to, I know the perfect person who would, who would want this and I'm going to send it to a friend of mine. And my friend Marie from Colorado Springs said, I would never do that. I said, well, I would only do it if I knew the person would be receptive, right? And and she was. She was thrilled when she got it. Does a person even know sometimes if a gift has been used, worn? I mean, there's certain I things. I told like, her. Like, well, we, we, we <laughs> joked about, you know, the stain and the holes and all that stuff. But I'm assuming this nice purse that you bought didn't have obvious signs of wear and tear, well, did you it? you know, it's leather. It had like a little, you know, kind of like a little ding here. Or a ding crease, there. It maybe. Wasn't, it wasn't perfect. Okay. And uh, we like really brag about fines that we get, and we tell the other person like before I left to come to Arizona, my friend got me this orange is my favorite color. She got me, me this, too, actually. Le- really? Yeah. We, well, I'll be, I was born I two days be, before Halloween. That's I why. will be looking for something for you in a thrift oh. store that's orange. <laughs> and now that you know that, You're I too will kind. gladly tell you that I got. But she found this bag. She was so like excited because it was miss. Oftentimes things are mispriced if you know things. It was a Cole Haan bag. If you know that, it, you know they're very expensive. <laughs> and she, it was $8, and she was freaking out because she thought, oh my God, i got to get this before somebody realizes what it's worth. Right. And she gave it, to, and it was it was in it was in mint condition, and, and bragged and gave it to me and told me, told me the whole story. So, yes, and we take uh. great pride in finding things that are fines, and then giving them as gifts. And not always, not always, but if we find something, we do and 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 so this year I, I think it happens every year, but this year in particular, thrift stores are really booming. I go to the Savers in Scottsdale. You, it's crazy. It is totally crazy oh, there. Oh, it's pandemonium every time you go to a, one of those stores. I, it's crazy every time I've been to one of those thrift stores. Um, that's interesting that while the rest of us are talking about how much money we spend on each other, you're talking about how little money you spend yeah, on each other. Absolutely. That's a cool little tradition. I like that. All Maybe right, I should look for do all something my, orange. Yeah, I will now. Maybe a, I'll start shopping at the thrift store more often for Christmas. Coming up next, the 5 o'clock KTR News Expansion, and then we're back on the Gatos and Chad Show. Maybe there's a new reason to keep Title 42 around. We'll clue you in on that next. It's the high-